Good evening, guys. Uh, before I get into uh, what I prepared tonight to talk to you guys, um, I'm already asking you for something. Uh, if we can, uh, tonight in your prayers, if you can keep uh, one of my friend, my friend Sean here, his, uh, his father's going through some health issues. He's in the hospital, and he's got uh, quite the uphill battle. So if you could pray for uh, Tim Greeley this evening, I know I would, and uh, I know my friend Sean would greatly appreciate that as well. So thank you. Uh, for, those who, for those of you who don't know who I am, uh, my name is Lorenz Zaragoza. I'm not a priest. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a deacon. I'm not a missionary. I've never studied theology. I don't work for the church. They've never paid me a dime. He's tried to, but he, you know, I've never accepted it. Uh, so when Father Brian asked me to come speak to you guys tonight, well, first I said, of course I will. I love hearing the sound of my own voice, so yeah, sure. And then when I said yes, I'm like, well, what am I going to talk to these guys about because of all these things? I, uh, I have no conversion story. I've never had a near-death experience. Uh, I can't even tell you a time that my faith just clicked, right? I'm just your cradle Catholic, right? I am a normal guy just like you. So that's what we'll talk about. We'll talk about our everyday experiences and the struggles that we have being these cradle Catholic men trying to get better every single day. So I was talking to my wife about speaking tonight and she said, well, why don't you reflect on the times in your life and what was the most important thing to you in your life in those times? It was an amazing and terrifying exercise that I highly suggest everybody do. You know, think about the things that were most important at different times in your life. I'm not gonna bore you or scare you with the things that I thought of, but there was one constant, and that was in the times of my life that I put relationships with other people towards the top of the list, I was happiest. When I put relationships with other people at the top of my list, I was happiest. This isn't anything new, it's nothing groundbreaking, but it does give us ups and downs and challenges when it comes to relationships, right? That's what it has to do with our faith. You know, throughout our lives, we go through a lot of ups and downs, we go through a lot of challenges, and that's the same with relationships. And I'm not just talking about relationships with significant others, I'm talking about relationships in our everyday lives. A lot of ups and downs and a lot of challenges. So if we face these ups and downs and challenges, we should be asking God to help us with all of these relationships. And I say we because it's something that I haven't done up until recently. Why, why shouldn't we? Why don't we? We should every single day. Maybe I was saving my prayers for the big things in life, but then I thought about it. Outside of God, what is bigger than the relationships in our everyday lives? I can't think of a thing. So I said, okay, I'm gonna try to ask God for help in these relationships. But how do I do that? Well, I was talking to my spiritual director. He's a friend of mine. He's a priest. And this was about seven or eight months ago. And we were having a discussion about just relationships in general. And he gave me a prayer that I want to share with you guys. And it, and it works with every single relationship that you could think of. 
and it's, Lord, help me see this person through your eyes. Now, whoever you're thinking of or whatever relationship you're thinking of, Lord, help me see this person through your eyes. Now, we have a lot of different relationships in our lives, but I want to talk about three in particular. The first relationship that I want to talk about is how we can be better Catholic men to our enemies. I know, it's weird. I'm going to start with the enemies, right? Enemies is very dramatic when I say it that way. Uh, but we have everyday enemies. I mean, let's be real. Uh, if you work in some type of customer relation, uh, if you're a lawyer, if you're an accountant, if you have any type of client, you have this one customer or client that just gets under your skin. You didn't do anything to him, but they're just a jerk. They're just a jerk and, and you dread having any conversation with this individual. So that's a mini enemy that we have in our lives, right? I'm sure you thought of a couple of people. Uh, here's another enemy maybe more relevant recently. It's an enemy that we don't know personally, but is there a celebrity or a politician that every time you hear their name or hear them speak, your blood starts to boil? This is not the time for audience participation. But again, that's, that's an enemy that we've created in our mind. Uh, I'll tell you about a personal story of an enemy that I created. So I work all, all over Long Island, and one of my colleagues, he doesn't work for the company I work with, but he's a colleague, and I see him all over Long Island, and I, I, I can't stand this guy. <laughs> he's, he's arrogant, he's loud, he talks too much, and, and, and again, I don't, I'm not the only one who feels this way. Everybody that I talk to feels this way as well. And you, you walk into a place and, and he's there and you're like, All right, I'm leaving. And you just go on to the next place. It's that kind of guy. So this is an enemy I created. So after I spoke with my spiritual director, every time I saw this guy or had any interaction with him, I walked away and I said, Lord, help me see this guy through your eyes. Didn't work. But I did it again. Lord, help me see this guy through your eyes. Help me see this guy through your eyes. I did it for about four months. And about two months ago, and you're gonna think I'm making this up, but about two months ago, I saw him in an office. And he just started going off. He just started talking. He's annoying everybody around him. And he's speaking to me for 10 minutes. I have no idea what this guy's talking about. But he stops for a second, and again, I'm not making this up. I said, dude, you're, you're a great guy. Father, forgive me, because that was a complete lie, at least in that moment. But it just came out. I said, dude, you're a great guy. Didn't speak for 10 seconds. Super awkward. And all he said was, oh, you know, Lorenz, thank you so much. Then he walked away. And I was like, I know that that wasn't me speaking. <laughs> God put those words in my mouth, and I'm sure of it, because like I said, I didn't feel that way. But maybe it's something that he needed to hear. Right? Maybe it's something that he needed to hear. And, and I'll say, since then, we're, we're not best friends. We're not friends. But <laughs> since then, it has been much easier to be around him.
because I kind of let that go. And I'm starting to see him through God's eyes. Because I think the toughest thing for us is realizing that the people that we can't stand, the people that get under our skin, either for dumb reasons or for great reasons, God loves them. And it's a tough thing to grasp. And I don't mean loves them, I mean he like truly, truly loves our enemies. As much as us. And the sooner that we could see them through God's eyes, I think that we're gonna have less enemies. So in your time, just say that prayer. Lord, help me see this client. Help me see this colleague. Help me see this politician through your eyes. And brothers, we gotta pray for them as well. Because if they have shortcomings just like we do, we should be praying for them. That's the first relationship that I thought of. Now the second one is the polar opposite. How do we be better Catholic fathers, right? We have our enemies and we have our children. If you don't have children, hopefully God blesses you with children. If not, I'm sure that you have some kids around you or that you have relationships with, but how do we be better Catholic fathers? So I've got three children. Let me back up, I have three girls. Four, two, almost one. Uh, everybody who hears that I have three girls, they say the same thing, better start saving your money, right? Uh, I've got three girls, oh, better start saving your money. I'm like, oh, don't worry, I am. It's not for the weddings, it's not for college, it's for the one bedroom apartment that I'm gonna rent while they're all in high school together. But God's also blessed my wife and I with another that we're expecting in November. And we're very thankful for that. So I ask myself even more, how do I become a better Catholic father? And I think if I'm speaking to the fathers, we have one goal for our children and that's happiness, right? That's the goal, happiness for our children. But not short-term happiness, we're talking about long-term happiness. That's the goal for our children. What's the difference between short-term and long-term happiness? Well, short-term, they say, I wanna stay up two hours past my bedtime. Sure, if we say yes, that'll make them happy right then, but they will be miserable the next day. We will be miserable the next day. So that wasn't long-term happiness. They say they wanna eat more sweets. Well, short-term, we can say yes, give them all the sweets they want, they'll have a stomach ache, but long-term, they might develop some bad eating habits. That's not long-term happiness. But let's think longer-term. People with a strong foundation of faith tend to have happier and more fulfilling lives. A lot of studies done about it. People with stronger foundations of faith have happier and more fulfilling lives. And isn't that what we want for our kids? I'm not the perfect dad, I'm trying to be, not gonna get there, none of us will be. And I didn't want to come off, I don't any of this talk to come off as condescending at all, but guys, we need to be spiritual leaders in our family. We, men, need to be spiritual leaders in our families. We need to pray with our families, but not just pray with them, we need to lead our families in prayer. We need to bring them to mass, 
not because mom said we got to go to mass, but we got to bring them to mass because we both know that it's important for us and our families. We need to be the strong men that we are, strong in every aspect in life, but still be able to be vulnerable before God. That's a tough thing to do. Be strong men in life like we're supposed to be, but show them that we can be vulnerable in front of God and with the Eucharist. We need to be witnesses for our kids and we need to start them as young as possible. Now, some of you gentlemen are a little bit older than me and you say I have kids who are as old, if not older than you, Lorenz, but they're tired of hearing me tell them that they need to go to church. Again, that's not a struggle that I deal with now. Hopefully it's a struggle I never have to deal with, but it's definitely there. So maybe take it from a different angle. Instead of badgering them that they gotta get to church, you gotta get to church, it's not working. So just be witnesses. Because they can't tell you what to talk about. So if you're speaking with them, just be a witness. Tell them, hey, I was at a great men's holy hour. An amazing speaker was there. I mean, it, it's tell them about your experiences. Be witnesses. That's what we need to be. We need to be witnesses for every single person in our lives, but especially our children. But how can we talk about our faith if we don't know it? And that's what I said to myself too when I started having kids. I wanna to speak to them about faith, but do I, do I know my stuff? You know, let, let's say that you're on your couch with your kid and you're watching TV and they turn to you and say, what just happened on TV? Easily, well, it's second and seven. This guy lined up offsides and that's a five yard penalty. However, during the play, this offensive lineman committed a hold. That's a 10 yard penalty. Those penalties offset. However, the unsportsmanlike conduct occurred after the play was over. So the 15 yards will be incurred, second and 22. Easily. If it's not football, guys, it's baseball. If it's not baseball, it's music. If it's not music, it's the 500 things that you're able to fix in your house because you did the research, right? We're men, we're students of the game. We're students of whatever we wanna be and we're perfectionists. We gotta make this one of the games that we're students of. And I say we because I, I gotta learn too. And now is the best time for us to be able to learn. If you're a reader, there are 500 amazing books that my friends can tell you to read because I don't read. But there are a ton of great podcasts, great audiobooks, and amazing video series is out there. We have all the information right in front of us. And if we want to be able to relay that information to our kids, we got to learn it ourselves. We got to be students of the game. We're good at it in other, in, in other aspects of our life. We got to make it this too. And it's not telecare anymore, guys. It's not. It's really, really quality stuff that we could be consuming to be better Catholic men. And at the end of the day, we got to point our kids to the Eucharist. And they need to know it's real. And they need to know it's not a symbol. And that's why we're here. So how do we ask God for help? Well, we pray for strength. We pray for energy with our kids. And we say, Lord, help me see my children through your eyes.
And then the last kind of relationship I want to touch on, guys, is one that you may get mad at me if your wives end up hearing this talk, but it's how do we be better Catholic husbands? You know, we first we talked about enemies, we talked about our children, and now we're talking about our wives, and some of you are looking at me because you say, I thought we covered our wives when we talked about our enemies. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that, guys. <laughs> some of you might not be married. Some of you may have girlfriends, fiancés, but I'm sure a lot of you are married. For argument's sake, just put whatever relationship you have in with when I say wife. But I have one question, whether you're married 50 years, seven years like me, whether you're engaged, whether you're dating, and that question is, how do I look at my wife? Scary question. How do I look at my wife? Are there are a lot of times that I look at her with anger and frustration. Are there times that I look at her just annoyed at something she said or did or says and does? And you're like, no, that's the way my wife looks at me. <laughs> How about this one? Do you look at your wife with more lust than love? Or this one, How am I even looking at her? When was the last time I looked at my wife and really looked at her? Guys, we may be guilty of many or all of the things I just mentioned. So I'll say the same prayer. Lord, help me see my wife through your eyes. Guys, that love that God sees our wives with is a perfect love. And that's a love that we all signed up to strive for. Whether it was seven years ago or 70 years ago, we all signed up to strive for that perfect love that God sees our wives with. Not a perfect husband. She'll tell you that. Um, my friend Sean and I, we, we host a podcast called Just a Parishioner available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, we had our friend Megan come on and to talk about marriage. She's newly married, maybe a little over a year, and she started going on and on about how her husband goes out of his way every single day for her. He goes out of his way to make sure that he's doing everything that he can for her talk about enemies he's he's <laughs> up there right there <laughs> so if you know this guy and you know this girl Megan there is so much beauty in that going out of your way every single day this kind of sacrificial love a genuine outpouring of love and here's the kicker with no expectations of reciprocation going out of your way non-stop for the woman that you love with no expectations of reciprocation. That's a sacrificial love. If, we're willing at, if we were willing at one point to die for our wives, we could do the dishes, for sure. If we see our wives through, our, through God's eyes, we'll be striving for this sacrificial love every single day. And once again, I say we because I'm, I'm right there with you guys. But we signed up for it. 
And the, the last thing that I regret not doing sooner is praying with my wife. Of course we pray, we pray before our meals, we pray in the church, but just going out of our way to pray together. It was on my list to do for 2021, and I didn't get to it till about maybe end of March or April. And it's gonna sound weird, but the reason why it took so long is because of how awkward I thought it would be to go out of our way to pray together. So I bought this little book, it's called uh, this little devotional, a marriage devotional. It was a short chapter that we read every night with a small daily challenge and a prayer. And it's led to some of the most amazing conversations that we've had in years, or ever, all centered around God and our faith. So again, if, 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 if we're not doing it now, we gotta we got pray with our wives, right? These are the ways that we can become better Catholic men to our enemies, to our children, to our wives. But guys, we're never gonna be perfect. But we can continue to be here with our Lord. We can continue to ask him for help. We can continue to be here with each other, to grow together. We're not priests, right? The church does need more of them, but it also needs more of us. Imperfect Catholic men trying to get better every day.